was just a creepy movie. It definitely creeps you out for sure. Somebody has to be perfect, so it might as well be me. Talk about deja vu. You live to tell the tale. You gotta think like a werewolf. It's the Slashers and Screamers Podcast. And we're back on another Slashers and Screamers Podcast. We got a big show today. We don't have time to mess around. Let's get everybody in here. JB, what is going on with you? Why is it such a big show, Bill? Because we got a two-hour movie of film that's got 50 characters like it's the Grapes of Wrath. You know what it is. Two-hour movie? It is a two-hour movie. You'd know if you watched it. Great. Memphis Menace Rick, this was your pick, dude. Why'd you pick this? Uh, I mean, for me, a lot of people think it's a stupid movie and a rip-off of Scream, but I think it's a, a fun film that's original uh, original in its own way. So Original in its own way. By taking existing urban legends and just throwing them all into one movie with a cast of characters yep. that you have to take off your shoes to use your toes to count them with, right? It is a mile long, for real. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And finally, final girl, Casey. Hello, Billy. Hello, Casey. How are you? Um, I'm pretty good. I had never seen this movie before, and that's what I spent this afternoon doing. Well, we're going to get your thoughts as a first-time viewer in just a little bit. So, hell, let's go ahead and kick this thing off. We get a cold open here that I feel like if there's one word to describe it, it's accurate. Every movie I've ever seen with somebody doing their uh, car ride karaoke, they all sound great. I myself sound great when the radio's louder than my voice. This girl, played by Natasha Gregson Wagner. What was she in, Rick? Natasha Gregson Wagner. She, her name in the movie was Michelle Mancini. She played in uh, Lost Highway, Two Girls and a Guy. Um, that was Two Girls in One Cup. You misnamed that She's daughter of film producer Richard Gregson and actress Natalie Wood. So there's some trivia for you. Wait, she, that's their daughter? Yes. I will be damned right now. I will be damned. Did not know I watched that. the documentary she made about her mom. What? Okay, why am I the only one catching up to this? James, don't pretend that you fucking knew her. And he won't. Yeah, I knew all about her, Bill. <sighs> Damn it. Well, Damn she's... Old age. Oh, man. So she's in uh, on a car trip. We don't know anything about who she is, or her character, that is, where she's going, but we know that she has an atrocious singing voice, and I appreciate it, because that's how most people sound. Like, she couldn't carry a tune in a bucket, nor can most people, and I think that's what I appreciate about this cold open. I relate to her enthusiasm and also choice of song. You like the choice of song? Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that it was a good one. Um, As soon as I heard... You know, the turnaround part. I started thinking about <laughs> yeah. those, the TikTok trends. Turn your ass back around. That was really silly for them to play mm-hmm. that song during this moment. Yeah. I'm not and mad. No, not at all, because that's the silly. one thing she needed to do. But I'm I'm wondering, though. Okay, so let's just break down what happens. I mean, at a, she stops at a gas station in the pouring rain, and she Runs basic- into our very own Brad Doyle. <gasps> 
I mean, bless his little pea-picking heart. He's been in how many movies that we've watched now? Well, at least Exorcist 3. Exorcist 3, he's the voice of the original Chucky. Mm-hmm. He was in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. You say cuckoo? As far as ones we've done, I think it's just maybe Exorcist 3, though. Yeah, maybe, maybe I've just more? wanted to do others. Definitely want to do others. Yeah. At one point, I did want to do the second Rob Zombie Halloween just to really break down why people hate it so much. Kind of Me, get to the core I hate of that. it so much. Yeah, a lot of people do. You and an army of people. I lead the it. army. I'm sure you do. And there are things, though, about this film that, not, not this film, but about Halloween 2, that I didn't consider the first time around. And maybe some alternate theories that we want to kind of jump into. But we'll save that for another day. But like Rick said, you know, the voice of Chucky. Uh, he was in One Flew Over Cuckoo's Nest. He was in Exorcist 3. And he's, uh, he again, he was Sheriff Brackett in uh, Halloween and Halloween 2, the uh, Rob Zombie remake. But at this gas station, she fights him off. You know, Michelle Mancini's her name. We'll, we'll learn that later. But we run into Brad Dorff as a, a stuttering gas station attendant. Um... Not the best at communicating. Probably should have gone a couple other routes before the grab you by the shoulders and slobber all over you approach. That's not my number one. That's it's never worked for me. Please do. But was he bad at communicating because he was stuttering? That's what I assumed. When was this movie? When? Nineteen ninety-eight. Yeah. We would have been sophomores, I guess. Juniors in high school. Sophomores. Some of us. Jared Leto. Oh yeah, that that guy's in it. He he's a uh, you know we'll we'll get to him in a minute. Um, he, he among you know the entire you know batting order of you know, the New York Yankees are in this movie. You just have so many top. Well, I, I guess you could say top stars now. A lot of these people have been in you know have led a movie at one point or another that we've seen. But so she fights off Brad Dorf, the gas station attendant, and after she drives off. He finally gets to spit out what he was trying to tell her the whole time, that there is someone in the back seat. She would have known that had she stopped to listen, because he was being very straightforward about what he was trying to tell her. Classic urban mobile. I mean, I don't think it gets any older than the stranger in the back seat, does it? I like when they touch on the stranger upstairs. Yeah. Yeah, they're going to have, they're going to really touch on, well, I think every kill, almost every kill, all but two for sure. Um, basically comes from an existing urban legend that we can, you know, dive into maybe a little bit, you know, before the end of you know, this podcast. But this one, The Stranger in the Back Seat, probably one of the more highly used ones in film. Easy to do. Start the car and go. It's dark. You're looking in the mirror. You don't see anything. You look back. You look back at the mirror and then you see a face and it scares the shit out of you. Very effective. But this time she gets decapitated with an axe. And that's what happens to kick this movie off. That's your cold open. The end. The end. But, you know, in the next scene, we're at... You, know, you can really say that a lot of movies do this. You're on a school campus of some kind, whether it be high school, university. In this one, Pendleton University. And you've got basic... Well, actually, in the first scene, we heard the radio host uh, named Sasha, played by Tara Reed. What was she in, Rick? Sharknado. Uh-huh. I mean, a lot of stuff. And this is when she was actually still attractive and didn't have all the plastic oh, surgery. That is Whoa. brutal, Rick. She was in American Pie 1. American Shot Pie 2, fired. 
The Big Lebowski, Sharknado. She's been in a bunch of other stuff. She was in The Big Lebowski, and she was absolutely hammerish in The Big Lebowski. Fired. <laughs> Across her nose. <laughs> Across the bow. God, Rick. You're, you're brutal, Rick. I mean, she was attractive in this. Not not so much now, but oh yeah, she. Well, I don't, I don't know. I haven't seen her now. The last I saw of her was Sharknado. Right? Has she done anything since? Anything like big? When this podcast becomes famous and Rick gets all his plastic surgery done, we can come <laughs> back to this moment right here. <laughs> and you know he's going to have a breast enhancement at <laughs> least. God, Rick, how how dare you talk about Tara Reid like that in American Pie? That's probably where a lot of us were introduced. Tara Reed as kind of your your good girl. Yeah, she drank it. Yeah, she's a then, well, she drank it and then all of a sudden becomes just a stone cold slut, and we loved her for it. Well, in this film, she's a, a radio host who kind of gives you know some sex advice to maybe some inexperienced callers. Some responsible but, sex advice. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if. Um, no, I, I didn't listen to Dr. Ruth back in the day, and I'm probably aging myself by saying that name at all. But I would say the, the advice that she's given is pretty sound. But across campus, she's got a frat boy boyfriend named Parker, who's played by Michael Rosenbaum. Um, I know him as Lex Luthor from one of those damn TV shows. Uh, Smallville. Yeah. Smallville, yeah. What else has he been in? Um... That's all you fucking knew, wasn't it, Rick? That's all I really knew was Smallville, honestly. Good God. Well, he's he's out to tell the news that it's after always this, every band in, baby. It was just this and Smallville. Uh, long yep. hair, completely bald. You never know it was him. You can't be typecast. But he's telling everybody after this Michelle Mancini incident uh, with uh, the stranger in the back seat, he's telling Natalie and Brenda, who were played by Alicia Witt and Rebecca Gayhart, who, might I add, has got my vote for being the hammer, the absolute ball-peen hammer of the gods in this flick, Rebecca Gayhart. I mean, those curls. Never mind. Listen, Alicia Witt, what was she in, Rick? Uh, she was in, notably, she was in Dune. She was in the show Twin Peaks. Um, this is pretty much the two big things she's been in. Okay, and Rebecca she's Gayhart? She's done a lot of things. Um, I really couldn't find much on her. Casey, do you know? Rebecca Gayhart? Yeah, I know. First of all, she's in one of my favorite movies of all time, Jawbreaker. Jawbreaker. Knew it. <laughs> I called it. <laughs> the Breakfast Club. She is not a part of that film. <laughs> he saw the red hair on Alicia Witt and said, that, by God, that's, a, that's Molly Ringwald. <laughs> Molly Ringworm. Oh, no. <laughs> that's going to be my uh, cross-dressing name. Now that Sigourney Beaver is taken. I can't, I can't take Sigourney Beaver. Uh, because it's used by uh, Canadian drag queen. Canadian, I think. Um, I don't remember. Yeah. But also, Rebecca Gayhart is in uh, Scream 2. She's one of the sorority sisters. Uh, mm-hmm. She's in this, obviously, Jawbreakers. Um, from what I understand, she's featured in Urban Legends 2. Yeah. Um, she was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Billy, did you catch her in that? I did, and that was probably a time when I said, you know what, I have not seen her in anything since I opened that Playboy magazine she was in. Sure, sure. Well, hush up, James. Don't worry about it. I'll tell you later. Check your DMs. Um, But our guy, Michael Rosenbaum, Lex Luthor, he's telling everybody about how this campus was the site of a massacre 
back in 73, okay? But there's always somebody who's like, no, that didn't happen. And who is that? Who is this ambitious school journalist named Paul? But Jared Leto. What's he been in, Rick? Do you even know? <laughs> uh, I mean, he's been in... He has his own band. He's the, he's the singer of... Uh, what is it? Uh, 30 Seconds 30 to sec- Mars. 30, yeah, 30 Seconds I mean, to Breakfast. Been in, he's been in Suicide Squad. He's been in... Uh, he was in Billy's favorite movie. Please. Dallas Buyers Club. I mean, I could, I, uh, he, he was in My So-Called Life to TV Show. He was Jordan in... Interrupted, Fight Club, American Psycho, Requiem for a Dream, Panic Room, Alexander... Chapter 27, Lord of War. Um, I can keep going. Blade Runner 2009. So you spit out 50 movies of Jared Leto and two for Alicia Witt, who's been in just as many. You rat bastard. Well, I'm pretty sure Jared Leto is a bigger star than she is. And James didn't even know it was Alicia Witt. He thought it was Molly Ringwald. I'm By the way, trivia, did you know Jared Leto is um, Jamie Lee Curtis's godson? Are you sure? She better because disown Jake him. Gyllenhaal is Jamie Lee Curtis's godson. Oh man, well, I got him mixed up. Just kidding. I would oh. never let you fall Thanks down on the job like that. put me in my place rip. here, Mrs. Jawbreaker over there. I don't even know what that movie Mrs. is or about. She got married. Okay. I am unwed. Um, she is wed to Mr. Jawbreaker. That's Miseries. <laughs> Miseries. Um, you know this cast though. We, we've got most of them out of the way, if, if not all the main players. Well, there's a couple of main players coming up, but. This is one of those films where I kind of get lost with all the, I like to call eye candy actor. Like most of these actors in this film, I don't want to disparage anybody's acting skill because heaven forbid we say anything about Joshua Jackson's acting chops. But like everybody in this film is aesthetically pleasing. There's not a normal looking one in the bunch. And this is probably the beginning of where I started to notice that happening. Does anybody else feel that way? Like, do you just kind of turn off when you realize that, okay, this is made up of, like, pleasing to the eye actors and not really much in-depth character involvement? Side note, Joshua Jackson was in uh, Mighty Ducks, all of them, and he was in Dawson's Creek. And he was in the series Fringe. But he's most known for Dawson's Creek and Mighty Ducks movies. Amelio! And he was in, oh, the what's Skulls. that movie? No, that's not the one. Um, The one with... Dare you, Bill. Selma Blair and Sarah Michelle Gellar make out. What movie is that? Uh, Cruel uh, Intentions. Uh, yeah. Cruel Intentions, yes. I base my life on knowing that that was Cruel Intentions. Very formative yeah. to my life. Yeah. How dare you talk about these people's Acting chops, Bill. Well, listen, when I'm surrounded by the likes of you all, it all looks second rate to me. Because we're incredible actors. Yes. Yeah. I'm an eye candy actor. You sure are, you handsome devil, you. But n- news about Michelle's death spreads across campus, and Dean Adams, played by John Neville, nobody gives a damn what he was in. He tries to discredit the reports that the killer might be a student. And... Nobody cares what he was in? Okay. Hey, John in? Neville. Tell tell us what John Neville was in. I don't know, but it feels mean to cut him off like that. What if he's listening and we know he's, he is? Unless he's, he's dead. Don't he's, know. He but. was super old in this movie. I I would put money. He died that, in 2011, Casey. I don't think he's listening. So he's not listening. Bummer. We maybe lost a fan. Yeah, maybe his... Well, did we ever have it? His estate's probably you listening. You know what his name is, Bill? John Neville. John Reginald Neville. Not Reginald. 
That's right, Reginald. So Dean Adams, played by Reggie Neville, uh, he <laughs> he discredits this whole report that you know the killer might be a student. This report by uh, Jared Leto, who I think his name was Paul, right? Yeah. So Natalie, who's okay. Now this is where we're going to get a little jacked up. Who plays Natalie? That's Alicia Witt. Natalie is obviously shaken by Michelle's death, and this uh, pranky prankster, Mister Jokey Joke Maker. Damon, played by Joshua Jackson, old Mighty Duck himself, you know, he offers to talk to her and drive off in the woods to get maybe a little more familiar. You know what I'm saying? Now, this is not a role. He's going to play uh, hide the porpoise. <laughs> he, he, um, yeah, he's doing it, <laughs> and he's doing it just for the halibut. Um, <laughs> you like that, James? Yeah. Well, how come Rick and Casey didn't laugh? That was a very fast, thinking on my feet pun, fish pun. Rick's still trying to figure it out. But I was on mute. <laughs> I thought he said hide the sausages. That didn't sound the same at all. At all. So listen, he, he's, he's acting too big for his britches, all right? And she's not coming with it. So he gets out to, to, to he has to go pee, all right? And he gets attacked by the killer, who then hangs him from a tree with a, a rope attached to the car. How this all happens, unbeknownst to Natalie, I don't know. But Another killer, classic urban legend. It absolutely is. And as the killer approaches Natalie, she tries to run him over, but with that rope attached to the car, it just strings him up you know, at the tree. And keep in mind, this is something that you could never, ever in a million years mistake as a prank. <laughs> okay? Like Not you, a good you, prank. Reminds me of something. One time, oh, we were all camping. We were all camping out. I wasn't there, right? No, you weren't there. Okay, good. Having a, having a boys' night, and uh, we put this one feller oh. in a sleeping bag. <laughs> then, put, <laughs> then, then we put another sleeping bag on top of him and tied a rope to what we hoped it were his feet and hung him from a tree. <laughs> James, let, let's... Okay, we very much need to establish the fact that he's still alive to this day. Yeah, he's still alive because he gnawed his way out of those sleeping bags. <laughs> <laughs> just well, he did have some... Okay, we're talking about our friend Aaron. This is uh, the this is the same individual that... Well, you remember the, the camping story that we told you about where we kept passing him out and he went in the convulsions and James was going to go up the hill with that lantern like where the red fern grows and... And get help well it's the same kid his name was aaron aaron you sir were a big part of our teen years and i'm so glad you escaped from those sleeping bags <laughs> it sounds but, like the three of you were consistently up to no good um moving on so <laughs> <laughs> natalie knows she's killed damon um damon knows he's dead too and you know of course natalie goes to get a security guard uh played by oh played by the divine Loretta Devine. Rick, what was she in? Uh, well, she is an actress and, and a singer. Uh, she was in the Broadway production of the original Dream Girls. Mm. Uh, she's in Waiting to Exhale. She was in Grey's Anatomy, uh, which she won a primetime Emmy for. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, she's, she has been a top notch actress for as long as I've She was in The Wiz. Her. She was in The Wiz. It's me, The Wiz. And oh. We'll James, James, I didn't realize you had that kind of range. 
That's right, Bill. It's not just eye candy. God. Well, you know, at the end of the show, I need you to like, you know, lead us into the outro with your with your pipes. All right. But Natalie returns to the crime scene with, you know, the security guard named Reese. Uh, but Damon in the car nowhere to be seen. And this again was another one of those urban legends. Uh, what was this one called? Uh, the well, the one where he was hung from the tree was like the the man with the hook, the hook man from the insane asylum that escapes. You know, I am pretty sure you're getting that mixed up with a different one. the hook man. Yeah, hook this man one. <laughs> this one is called the boyfriend, the boyfriend's death. Um, apparently the, the the original or maybe one of the more popular told tales is the girl and the guy are stranded, which this kind of, you know, they're not stranded. They're, the car works perfectly fine. But the the boyfriend goes in search of gasoline on foot, and she's there hiding under, like, blankets or something, and she keeps hearing, like, taps on the top of the car, but she doesn't look. She doesn't investigate. And by the end of it, you know, she sleeps it off. Morning comes. The police come and ask if anybody's there. She looks out, and when there, she's walking away with a police officer, she's, you know, she's told not to turn around and look because behind her is the boyfriend hanging from the tree above the car. Again, these are all based on these urban legends. Don't have to be exact, but that's how they chose to tell you know, the tale in this toes the whole time, touching on the car. His, but. On his toes, could barely even stand, but on this one, she drives off and makes sure that he ain't touching anything because she snaps that neck on a fucking limb and... It was probably the most, I don't say it's the most brutal death, but it definitely made me cringe the most. Priceless, Bill. Well, it's good to see you're happy about it. <laughs> what in the world is that, James? You uh, tasing your balls again? What happened? <laughs> oh, Rick knows. Rick's laughing because he knows. I'm making sure I'm down to 16% battery. Okay, well, just keep it above zero. The next day, Start Natalie... <laughs> the next day, Natalie tells Brenda, Parker, and I Sasha. Battery money, boo. Well, yeah, you, you, you've been, you're made out of money, James, so it's not a surprise to me. But Natalie tells Brenda, Parker, Sasha, and Sasha about Damon, and nobody's believing her. All right, this is the part, this is the reason that I said there's no way that you would look at this and think that it's a prank. You know, it, as elaborate as the, the prankster was, Damon didn't have it in him. But, you know, Natalie stunned that they doubt her confession. Um, and she she knows that these two murders are connected with urban legends, as we've you know noted ourselves. But Natalie goes to the library to start reading up on these urban legends. And that's where she sees Sasha. And, you know, they, they read about several different you know, legends, including the way that Damon was killed. And another where gang members, uh, you know, kill anybody who, you know, flashes their headlights at them. And that's one that that one is probably the one that I have the most recollection of. Do you guys remember that one? Has anybody yeah, ever told you guys? One. Yeah. Well, you're from Memphis. Yep. You know, you're, you're probably one of the gang members. You fucking hoodlum. Wait, what? I had never heard this one before. This one okay. was brand new to me. T tell oh, her, Rick. Wow. I'm that's too the mad. One I know the so the. I mean, this is the one I remember the most out of all of these. He's about to is lie. Is that if you're driving and someone flashes your lights at them, someone flashes their lights at you and you flash them back, then supposedly they'll turn around, it's a gang initiation, and they'll chase and kill you. That yeah. is silly. 
Yeah, that's been going around for a long ass time. Yeah. Keep your last on. Yeah, and it's not necessarily the way I heard it, uh, but it's very similar. Like they don't have to flash the lights at you if their lights are off. You're a, you know, your first thought is, hey, your your lights are off, so that you flash your lights at them. You're and a goner, say, oh, oh yeah, you're a goner. You are an absolute goner if you flash those lights, Casey. If you see anybody driving with their lights off, don't you dare flash those lights. Turn the other way. I'm gonna. Or, flash I don't my do lights. it. I never flash my lights to anybody ever. Well, you probably don't have your lights on. Oh yeah, you are, you little pussy. Sorry. I got those. I got Final those. Uh, got those DRTs on or DRLs. <laughs> DRLs. What dick daily running lips? lights, fool. Oh my bad. Well, they're they're brushed know. up on uh, on on the uh, the gang members and the urban legends. Um, but while uh, while Natalie's away, her gothy roommate Tosh, played by Danielle Harris of legendary. Wish upon Status. a star fan. Yeah, she was in Marked for Dead, Don't Tell Mom Babysitter's Dead, Free Willy, Last Boy Scout, uh, Halloween Four and Five, um, Wish Upon a Star movie, Casey mentioned. Yeah. And the new and the new Halloweens, which I'm not gonna talk about. She's she's in the new Halloweens? The Rob Zombie okay. bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um of course my first knowledge of her was in Halloween four and five as Jamie, <laughs> but I forgot she was in Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. Casey, have you seen that yet? Nope. That is right up your alley. Christina Applegate's in it. Yeah. She's hot. And she was hot in this because she was right out of her She's Kelly really Bundy years. Yeah. I will have to watch this. Well, Approaching is another urban legend. Uh, you know, be glad you didn't turn on the lights. Uh, Daniel Harris, who is the gothy roommate, is uh, strangled by the killer. She's kind of IMing somebody. She says, which room are you in? And he says, yours. And he attacks her. And, you know, she's dead. But here comes Natalie coming in at night and knowing that she's already walked in on her having sex with uh, somebody. And she's, you know, moaning and, you know, struggling for, I guess, her freedom of her hands. You know, Tosh was, she's a little bit freaky. So it did not sound abnormal. She was on Natalie. her gotho shit. Yeah, she was on her gotho shit, her big titty gotho shit. Same. And I mean, hey, who does who among us doesn't love a big titty goth girl? Everybody does. However, However. that was not that was not the case this time, guys. It was yeah, not she the got case. Murdered. Straight murdered. Not the stab <laughs> that she wanted to be. And And they didn't understand why the killer didn't kill um Natalie. I mean, he's in the room with her, why not just kill her then? It's all for the drama. The, it's all in the game, Rick. You'd be a terrible murderer because you just come out and do it. God, Rick, what have you learned from any of these movies? Uh, so don't go in the woods alone. Okay, as long as you know that. As long as you know that. <laughs> but you know, Natalie's thinking that you know Tosh is just engaged in some. You know, she's going to to Pound Town, downtown Pound Town. But she's not. She's dead. And she sees that in the morning when she discovers Tasha's corpse. And the words scrawled out upon her wall, aren't you glad you didn't turn on the light? These words are pretty high up. Yeah, they use a a roll. Did the killer use a step stool? I would say yes. Also, it was written in blood. I always wonder about writing in blood things. You have to, like, walk back and forth across the room. Yeah, but you have all night to do it. You're trying to get out of there before Homegirl wakes up. Which will be in the morning. There's no there's no hurry. You don't wake up in the middle of the night all the time? I no. do. Mm. Must be fun. That makes yeah, me I think that maybe someone knows the sleep pattern. So maybe a known relative, a known friend. This could be 
maybe not a stranger. Mm. Yeah, drama unfolds. Maybe they know the person. James, you're full of ideas, and I believe you might be right. But while talking with Dean Adams and Reese, Natalie realizes that neither of them nor the police are taking uh, Tasha's death seriously. They have, well, they're taking it seriously, but maybe they're on the wrong trail. They're calling it a suicide, Um, which I guess is easy to pin on somebody. If you go by stereotypes, people think about the, you know, the the goth community as being just total downers. Um, I have. Yeah, they're like, she's manic depressive. Did you know that? And she's like, yeah, she painted our walls black. (laughs) I have an idea. Wow, that should go in the DSM. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it should. Um, you know, uh, Richmond from the IT crowd is the most delightful goth I've ever, <laughs> I've ever seen. So it's like, what funeral? Natalie is in disbelief, okay? And she and Paul, they're going to solve this mystery, okay? And Natalie thinks that the murders probably have something to do with that massacre back in 73. But of course, her... Stanley Hall massacre. Yeah, the, the, but Paul, he's he was never with it. Uh, he totally discredits it. He thinks is he thinks is a student. So you know, whatever. I mean, they're, they're going to disagree on that. But you know, they're kind of skulking around um, their professor, who we have not brought up, Mister Bob Anglin. Ring a bell. It does. I mean, I don't even think Several. I have to tell people what he's in. So I mean, we'll do well, it anyway. You lazy bastard. Yeah, he's in what all was the he Nightmare in? on Elm Street, except for the except for the horrible remake in 2010. That you were in. Yeah, I was in it. Yeah. Jackie Earl Haley over here. <laughs> oh, man, I wish y'all could see. Rick and Jackie he's Earl Haley in, are the same person. Been in, uh, 2001 Maniacs. Um, I mean, he was in a lot of other stuff. You could have stopped it from Nightmare on Elm Street. I could have stopped it. He was in Dead and Buried. Oh, that's true. Well, they're skulking around his office after uh, the janitor kind of lets them know that he might know something about that massacre. Okay, so... You know, Wexler, say that again. A weird janitor. Well, there's nothing weird about him. totally normal janitor who just is a little standoffish. Yeah, Rick. God, you're so judgmental. Hey, I write the description. Okay, well. Well, they get caught by Bob England in his office, and so they're off to see the dean. Um, So Paul now loses his job as, you know, the the journalist, and the the dean is bringing up... uh, Natalie's, you know, hidden past um, that is going to basically kind of unfold what we know or what we didn't know before, but what we do know now, a misdemeanor for vehicular manslaughter. Totally related here. She spills it to us. So, you know, there's like an accumulating paranoia that causes, you know, Natalie to, you know, just go off the hinges and she reveals that, that mysterious past to Brenda. And, you know, Brenda is Rebecca Gayhart, Hammer. So one night, Natalie and Michelle, who we knew from the opening scene, you know, they reenacted, you know, an urban legend. They were driving with those headlights off, you know, doing a little gangbanging, if you will. And they were pursued by the first driver who flashed them. Of course, you know, that caused him to run off the road, dies a horrible death. You know, Brenda is just, you know, she's hearing the story and she's distraught by it. <laughs> You know, and suggest that they both attend uh, Parker's party uh, to kind of take their minds off of what's going on, you know, the, the murders and such. Of course, there's one place you want to be when there are murderers about, and it's at a party, a party surrounded by potential murderers or potential friends. 
or potential friends. Yes, I should also not discount that. But Natalie finally agrees to go. But of course, you know, that that evening, the Dean is now attacked in the, in the parking garage by one of the least likely, but most interesting urban legends, the old Achilles slash from under the car. Oh, okay. So you know what this makes me think of immediately? Pet Cemetery. Pet Cemetery. <laughs> and, the original, of course. And how does it not? Oh, just that moment. They <laughs> fuck up Herman Munster so bad. <laughs> they do. The two Utes were under the bed. He did not get cool. caught by a he, Ute. He got got by a Ute, by a very young Ute, and he did not complain about what he was wearing that day, did he? No. No, he did not. But oh, Dean missed, Adams... Uh... We, we missed miss? one at the beginning when Brenda and Natalie do the Bloody Mary at the entrance to Stanley Hall. Oh, yeah. If any of y'all ever had the balls to do a Bloody Mary in front of the mirror? Of course. No. Rick. Rick is a chicken. No, like, and, I've, and, I've seen, and, I've, and I've seen ghosts, and I believe in paranormal, and I still haven't done that. So You believe in the I've paranormal? I've never seen a ghost, that, and I don't believe in paranormal. 100%. So. Yep. Aliens are real. If you don't think aliens are real, you're an idiot. So, That's different oh, than paranormal. <laughs> if it's real, then it's not paranormal, Rick. You just well, I'm saying there's other the life opposite. in the universe. But that's not. I paranormal. believe in aliens, but I don't believe in ghosts. I do. I believe in goats. Mm, that's okay. Like Adrian Monk. <laughs> James, what do you about believe in ghosts? Sasquatch. Well, James, that's another matter entirely. Mm-mm-mm. I hey. believe in the paranormal. Let's talk about four things that are on this earth physically touchable <laughs> sasquatch <laughs> old ghost sasquatch <laughs> maybe that's what it is that'd maybe be that's terrible. why nobody can see oh <laughs> yes it would it would be terrible james well okay so back to dean adams and his slashed achilles he's old you know dean adams. old dean adams is trying to crawl old away yeah, he, he gets run over by the car. Um, like, this was kind of gruesome because, you know, it forced a row of tire spikes to just run his body through. And, it was, like, I cringed at, at this scene because it just feels like, ugh, spikes going through your body. A whole line yeah, of them. Who, and who has it in a parking garage? I've never, of all my years on Earth, seen anywhere with tire spikes in a parking lot or parking garage whatsoever. Well, that's because you're paying your parking thing? bill. Yeah, it's a thing. It was I've 98. Summer 69. So meanwhile, Paul, old Jared Leto, old Joker himself, he's discovered that the Stanley Hall massacre actually did occur. And who is the only living person that can tell the tale? Professor Wexler. Oh, that sneaky bastard. Well, later on, you know, Natalie arrives at the party and there's Brenda, happy to see her. And Parker and Sasha are at the party as well. Paul shows up. So Paul and Natalie have this theory that Bob England, Professor Wexler, snapped due to the fact that that, that massacre's anniversary was, I, I guess, that day, right? They were on the very day of the anniversary. Yeah, it was the 25th, I think, right? Oh, well, you know the date. You would know. I only remember that it was close. But we're talking about the very day, Yeah. I'm saying 25th anniversary. 25th anniversary, my bad. Yeah, I don't know what actual number day it was. Well, I can only assume that that they were on that day, though. But Paul and uh, Natalie finally get a little, you know, kissing stuff going on. Not really 
cool with that because Brenda wanted some of that vitamin P and she's not going to get it now. She's got to leave in tears because she interrupted him and gave Natalie her little light beer. But Paul kind of relays that theory to Parker, who's kind of the, the douchebag friend. He's a little bit, he's a little bit snarky. He's not buying it. So he wants to kind of embarrass Paul there at the party. Um, and it really kind of insinuates that, you know, Paul might be the killer. Maybe. Could be. Why wouldn't he be? He's got the, well, we, we saw, I don't know if it was at this point or before, but we saw that coat hanging from his door, right? So he yeah, could very well. he's got that well, dead stare. And he's got that, yeah, that dead stare. And we already know that Jared Leto's a shit human anyway. So. So. It might be him, but he's humiliated and he leaves. And why would somebody leave a party? Maybe to kill somebody. That's the only reason I can think of. I've never left a party without killing somebody. So, yeah. But he tells Natalie to stay at the party. He's going to go look for help elsewhere. But meanwhile, Classic you know, guy about to kill someone vibes. Yeah, like, no, don't don't go with me. There's nothing to see over here. Don't worry about that <laughs> knife. But meanwhile, you know, Sasha, she's kind of embarrassed by Parker. And she leaves. She's going to go host a radio show and give more excellent advice to the youth of America. Hold it with both hands. But Parker, he gets this phone call from the killer telling him that he, he about to die. If, Which, like, they're right. If the killer was Whoopi Goldberg, who's a <laughs> Parker, you in danger, girl. And he was indeed in danger, girl. He was in danger, girl. So, you know, Parker, he's kind of amused by it all. Oh, uh, that was Whoopi Goldberg. See? It, it sounded just like it, right? Oda May Brown. Well, it was me, James. Me. But Parker, he's kind of playing, uh, I don't want to say that cat and mouse. Well, we can talk about another animal. Um in the microwave rick i hope you're i hope you're proud of yourself for selecting this movie after all the pissing and moaning that you did with funny games and the dog dying and falling out of the back of that suv and seeing its limp corpse you rick, throw I'm gonna this swing on you and everyone you love <laughs> oh, i didn't make the urban legend so don't blame me oh you're you're getting the blame buddy you could have omitted it. You could have written a letter. You could have written two letters at least. This yeah, 98 when I was like nine years old. Okay. Well, you were you, ahead of me. Good God. Eight years old, 98. I'm not even going to no, do it. I'm doing my, my math is wrong. I was, I don't remember, dude. It was, my, no, my math ain't math. I want to know. Yeah, my math ain't mathing on that one. By the way, uh, the director of this we didn't mention is Jamie Blanks. He did oh. uh, Valentine and Storm Morning and The Long Weekend, and he's Australian. Hey, Billy Blanks' his grandson. <laughs> and y'all should follow him on Twitter. Rick, how it. old were you? I'm still Billy, waiting. Billy Blanks? Uh, 98. Uh, <laughs> shoot, I was... What year were you born, Rick? 87? Uh, you were 11. So you're 11. I what year he was born. I just wanted so to know what the standing was for this film and where we all were in our lives. Well, James and I here. were close to graduation. I was chasing some hot tail on a Tuesday night. Probably didn't get any. James got more ass than a toilet seat in his life. <laughs> shot down again. <laughs> shot at and hit. shot at and missed. <laughs> Shit on and hit. <laughs> what do you think about going to see this urban legends, baby? <laughs> No. Well, I guess I'll go with Bill. All right, then. (laughs) (laughs) 
So the okay, the the killers got Parker on the phone and he says that his dog has just been put in the fucking microwave. And, and you wonder op- if it's true. <laughs> and you wonder if it's true. For a second? You hope it's not. For a second, it's like, maybe it won't be. I'm never even but heard then that. It's, it's like arrested honestly. development, dead dove, do not open. Like, what did I expect? <laughs> what did I expect? <laughs> I don't think I can return this. <laughs> <laughs> So he opens the microwave, seeing his dead dog, he runs to just blow chunks in the bathroom. Like any of us would, obviously, like any because of that us is would. disgusting, Rick. It is. God, you rat soup-eating bastard, Rick. I can't believe it. The killer shows up and ties Parker to the toilet and forces him. to uh, throw the microwave out. Well, don't do it without an animal inside. But Parker is forced to chug pop rocks and not soda pop guys not what do you call it what do you call it casey soda coke soda pop soft drink um soda or pop i don't say coke unless it's a coke i'll say pop because we're not in the midwest so kind of are but what do you say (laughs) don't don't tell me what you don't say tell me what you do say you say soda (laughs) soda like i think most of the south is a coke is a funny pops (laughs) <laughs> what do you what do you say, uh, Mr. Clampett? <laughs> I'll tell you what I say, Bill. You're probably they're, all Pepsi. <clears throat> they're all codes, even a Pepsi. <laughs> uh so if we go to the if we go to the market and I say, Hey, grab me a coke. The market? And... You never catch me dead in the market. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's pretty final hill to die. <laughs> I go to we, the damn grocery store, Bill. James, okay. I, James, I know you go to the Bethpage store. Don't lie. Don't be doxing him. He'll have he'll have fans listeners. waiting outside the Bethpage yeah, store. Yeah, he'll, he'll have <laughs> listeners' underwear mailed to him at the Bethpage <laughs> post at office. The Beth page store. At the Bethpage <laughs> store. At the Bethpage Beth store. Why in the hell have we got all these panties? <laughs> One postal worker. What's all these panties for? <laughs> They're different colors and everything. Never seen that in Bethpage. <laughs> So instead of soda, they have him chug Pop Rocks and bathroom chemicals. Nobody's favorite combo. No. If you didn't believe in the soda and Pop Rocks, you're definitely going to believe in that Mr. Clean and Pop Rocks. It'll clean you right out. But at the the radio station, station, Sasha, (laughs) uh, Tara Reid is on air, um... In the background, you know, without Sasha knowing, the, her her employee, I guess, is kind of stabbed up. And then she's attacked. And, of course, she runs out of the room, which is a fantastic scene to see. Um, I, I can only really compare the way that she runs to the way that SpongeBob runs when he's trying to tiptoe and be fast about it. <laughs> I... <laughs> And you hear the little doo, 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 in his footsteps. Um, but while being pursued by the killer, like she's still on air. Okay, she's she has not stopped broadcasting. Everybody can and hear everyone it. thinks this is like a joke. Drama. Yeah, yeah, and like you know, everybody believes it's just all an act, and all the party goers they're they're just party going. They're they're, they're living their best lives. But Natalie, Natalie's the one that knows about the killer. Okay, she comes to help and. uh you know, they're both chased kind of through this empty radio station because everybody's out doing their thing. And uh, Sasha attempts to escape and, like, she is, you know, constantly thwarted by the killer. She hurts her leg. 
and eventually hides in a, a room upstairs where Natalie can kind of see, you know, up through the window. She doesn't see uh, Sasha, but she sees the killer and she sees the, the weapon go up and she sees the weapon go down. Tragically. Tragic. Tragedy. That's my best BGs. I, I can't sing. Um, but, you know, Sasha sinks to the floor um, and just kind of has to eat it there, which is terrible. But again, with a movie with a high kill count, nobody's safe. Absolutely nobody's safe. And of course, the killer waves at Natalie to let her know that, you know, she's she's going to be the next target. Probably. But, you know, running from the station, you know, Natalie finds Brenda, or actually finds Paul and then Brenda. Um, she, know, she lets them know about Sasha uh, and, you know, everybody else. But meanwhile, Reese, after, you know, hearing those cries on the radio, comes to the radio station and finds Sasha's was just mutilated body and Reese is horrified decides to you know take matters into her own hands and she gets the one sensible weapon a gun that nobody seems to you know it doesn't seem to occur to anybody that a gun was going to help things here this isn't a supernatural person like a Sasquatch this is you know a, a real human so why not grab a gun but the next stop is Paul at the gas station all right now this is this is the part where they find the dead body of, I believe it was Wexler, was it not, in, in the trunk? Yes. Yeah, yeah. it was. Yeah, I, I thought so. And, of course, this is Paul, Natalie, and Brenda, and he's inside making a phone call in, in the in, in the gas station. And he's, he's looking out. He sees them. Okay, this is the part that kind of throws me off. He does not have, like, a worried look on his face, mm. any more worried than he normally looks. Jared Leto looks constantly worried about something. But probably he didn't look at any... mounting allegations against him. Yeah, he, and during that time, they were probably just warming up. But he's on the phone. He doesn't look any more worried than normal. But Brenda and Natalie, they think, okay, it has to be him. It must be him. And they just take off. He comes out after him, and, you know, that's... That's where the chase begins. But, you know, Natalie and Brenda kind of lose each other. And they, they make their way, or who, who makes their way to the road? I believe it was Natalie who made her, made her way to the road where the school's janitor, the not weird janitor, picks her up. And when the janitor, I guess he doesn't know anything about Urban Legends either, he flashes a car with its headlights off. It swerves around and comes after them. And, of course, it's the killer who forces the janitor's car off the road, knocks him out, and then Natalie's kind of, you know, trying to make her way back to campus after the janitor's dealt with. You know, while calling for help, you know, she can hear Brenda screaming from, well, I guess it's somewhere inside of Stanley Hall. Natalie breaks into the hall, and on the second floor, she discovers Parker, Dean Adams, and Damon, and in the final room, she discovers Brenda, who's obviously either about to be dead or is already dead. She looked pretty dead to me, Billy. She looked pretty dead, but you never know, do you? You think you, you don't. know, but, but you don't know. And then what happens? Tell them, Casey, I'm too damn mad. She comes back. She's alive. She's alive, she and not only out. alive, but also what? A killer. Bigfoot poltergeist. She is a Bigfoot poltergeist who is killing people. Natalie is swerved we were swerved brenda is the killer not swerved no she knew about it the whole time and you know she knocks her unconscious she reveals herself to be the killer mm. enacting revenge for her fiance the who guy was who? who natalie 
manslaughtered. <sighs> it all comes full circle. It all comes full circle. Rick, don't ever cross somebody. They might come and Not get me. you 10 years later. I will. 10 minutes later, maybe. I don't have time to wait 10 years. No. 10 months tops. <sighs> But the obvious next move after revealing yourself to be the killer is to uh, remove their kidney, which is like, <laughs> I, I know that's a trope, but like, why did she do that? Well, maybe just she... because to follow the fact that it's urban legends, like what was what was she going to do with that kidney? Save it and chew on it for later? Maybe chew on it. Maybe use it herself. Maybe but she what? had like some kidney Hook failure going on. Well, maybe. She might have needed you know, a new kidney, and she now has one in her back pocket. I don't know. You give me a knife and tell me to find someone's kidney, and we're going to be there several hours, and it's not coming out in one piece. Well, we learn very quickly that Brenda's not one to mess with. She is not a do-nothing bitch. You know who else isn't, though? Who? Reese. No, Reese is not a do-nothing bitch. Um, now, Brenda did kind of successfully disarm Reese by... Uh, Reese by you know, hacking up that arm a little bit with that with that bit. hidden knife, but you know, when when they shoot Reese, that's that's the sad it's very part. Very sad. Yeah, very sad. But, but then who tried. comes to save? Who comes to save the day though? The one you don't really want to save the day. Paul's the loser ass. Yeah, Paul's loser ass with his worried look and his trumped up newspaper articles, who have nothing on the guys at Slasher Sports, if I may say so. Which you can nothing. read read at SlasherSports.com. If you love horror movies and baseball, why do we even do that? Why is that our, our thing? Baseball and horror movie. Because we don't give a fuck. That's why. Okay. We like what we like. And if you like I'd it like also. I'd like to see you guys put together a baseball team of your favorite horror characters, actually. Consider that shit done. I'm, 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 I'm hitting up. Quick I'm shout hitting... out oh. to uh, Miguel Cabrera. He uh, had his 3,000th hit the other day. Yes. So. 3,000 hits. That's a career stat right there. Casey, just to put it in, in terms that you might appreciate just i mean because i say three thousand hits okay fine it's what it is that's like i don't know flavor flav going through 90 women on flavor of love instead of just the 30 that he had on in the flavor of love is was it flavor of love i thought it was flavor yeah. of love. are you like really i'm wrong is it only like uh 27 people or 30 people have done three thousand hits something like that yeah, something stupid. In, the, in yeah. the thousands and thousands who've played baseball, only like 27 people have had 3,000 hits. <clears throat> Miggy Cabrera, hats off to you. And no, Casey, I wouldn't dare correct you on it. I was re repeating the fact that I thought that's what it was called because his name is Flava Flav, not Flavor Flav. So that's what my well, mom calls him, but that's not his name. Well, I will actually let you know. But his name is Flavor Flav, and a girl was eliminated in the show for spelling his name as Flava Flav. Is that is that true? Because like as long I'm as I'm being dead serious, I was just telling a mutual friend of ours that my favorite rap group of all time is Public Enemy, and here I am telling myself that Flava Flav was his name and not Flavor Flav. Flavor, he gets very upset when a girl misspells his name. Ah, <sighs> well, you would not. He would, man. You'd get eliminated so fucking fast. I've, you would not I've, know what time it was. I'm a limit. <laughs> you know, when I was uh, in elementary school, I asked my mom to get me a giant clock necklace. Did she? She did not. She bought me a Velcro watch. Well, Billy's mom, his birthday is coming up quick. Mm, it sure is. Well, guys, Natalie gets that gun that took out Reese, and she's able to dispatch Brenda, 
who's a very human person who falls through a window. <laughs> Natalie and Paul check on Reese and, you know, they drive off to get help. But suddenly Brenda appears in the back seat somehow and attacks him with an axe. How'd that happen? Classic. Uh, very classic. Didn't expect it to happen. I thought Brenda was gone. But Paul... Well, of course it happens right after Paul goes, this is an urban legend, what's the twist? Oh, yeah. And she timing. appears out of the back seat. Timing was impeccable. The timing... There's not room in that car to swing an axe. No, you could swing a hatchet. That's about all you can do. But, you know, he, he gets he gets whacked in the head. You know, he crashes the car. Brenda goes flying through the windshield into the, in, into the stream. Or I guess it's a river. It's big enough to be a river. And Natalie and Paul... Watch her float away, and that's where their story ends. Their story. But kind of a post, I guess, post-drama teaser for the next one. We're not finished, are we? No, we're not. We've got another group of students, all fresh, being told a story by someone that's not unlike um, Paul. Parker, yeah. Or Parker. They all kind of, you know... They all kind of want to debunk this story, you know, that nobody believes it. Ah, bullshit. One lady with, you know, legs all the way up to her neck. I don't even know who that was, but man, she should have had more screen time. But one woman does believe the storyteller. Who is that woman who believes the storyteller? Brenda. It is Brenda. She's alive and well, looking only as she can look. Straightened her hair, didn't like that, but hey. And she wears glasses, apparently. Yeah. Well, she's got to slide under the radar here, y'all. Yeah, she has to wear. I mean, if it works she for Superman, a lot of people. Yeah, if it works for <laughs> Superman, the glasses should work for Brenda. So, you know, it's revealed to be Brenda who begins to tell the story the way it actually happened, and then cut to credits, guys. Yeah, I thought uh, it's it's crazy. You talked about like some of the urban legend. There was one that I thought about that uh, Professor Wexler mentioned the babysitter and the man upstairs. Um, oh yeah, we, we know about, about that like, one. When a stranger calls, and there's actually no documented cases of serial killers who have targeted babysitters, but there is cases of killers who have people killers who have killed babysitters in uh, real life that have happened. I okay, I misunderstood something along of what you said because you said that there have been no cases where they targeted the babysitter, but cases Sir, where they cases did of serial killers. But there's documented cases ah. of people killing babysitters, ah. and they know they're home alone. Individual yeah. case by case, but yes. not serial yep. killers only going no, after babysitters. There's not, yeah, it's not. A well, thing. I will be the first. I'll see you guys later. Okay. You never get away with it. I wouldn't because here it is on on the Slashers and Screamers podcast. James, let's talk about how you felt about this movie. I feel like this is one that you probably liked. This was a great movie. Sounds well, like it. Well, <laughs> what'd you like so much about it besides Re- Rebecca Gayhart? That's probably the only thing I liked about it. But that was enough, was it not? That was enough to push it through. Well? This Scream remake. You think it was a Scream remake? I think it was. There are a lot of similarities because you, you've got the students, you've got the kill count, um, you, you've got everybody that's, you know, attractive. Yeah, pe- people called it a Scream ripoff back then because it came out in September of 98, so it was pretty fresh off of the new, you know, the Scream I think this is just another movie in that <clears throat> 90, 98 to 2000 horror movie jumble they did. There I know were what a you lot did of... last summer. Bill, I'm still talking. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you stopped. I thought you stopped. I know what you did last summer. Scream. <clears throat> this movie. I don't know. There's several more. I, I knew Valentine, you were going to stop after that one. 
I fell asleep. I can't remember nothing. <laughs> I've slept since then. <clears throat> well, James, give it a give it a score on the uh, slash scale, one to five. How did you feel about this film? I'm gonna give it a one. You uh, a one? You can't no, be pleased. No uh, creativity whatsoever. That is something that Rick said at the beginning is original in its own way, but it did take everything from existing urban legends so it didn't really take a ton of creativity in those specific scenes this so movie's got... like me uh making <laughs> making uh, money off maximum maximum overdrive with my book minimum underdrive minimum underdrive <laughs> <laughs> the the coke machine went haywire <laughs> casey how did you feel about Urban Legend? You know, there's going to be some people out there who say that I'm a hater. Oh. And um, to those people, you're right. I give this movie a 4 out of 10. 4 out of 10. That's 2 out of 5, guys. Rebecca yeah. Gayhart is incredibly hot. Don't get me wrong, please. But I wouldn't. I don't know. It just It's pretty goofy, right? Like, it has its moments, definitely, and there's some cool-looking things. But this is not my favorite movie we've reviewed. And I agree with the Scream ripoff cries. Herein we find the reason for your low score. I believe this is a Seinfeld versus Friends thing, and you're taking up very hard for Seinfeld, which is Scream in this uh, analogy. I because think it's superior. It is superior. Is that why you assigned it? It, it is. It is definitely superior, um, and that's why I called it Seinfeld and not Friends. Of course. Um, but I hated Friends, but I did not <laughs> hate. <laughs> I did not hate Urban Legend. And I don't hate it. Well, four out of ten sounds like some hatred. No, one out of ten would be hatred. Mm, I don't I'm know. I'm just saying like, people will call me a hater for saying that it's a ripoff and not loving it. All right, if a guy comes up and asks you, hey, Casey, I think I'm cute, what would you rate me? And you say four out of ten. He's going to be living. I would never talk to a man. <laughs> I would never purposely talk to a man. Well... You make fair uh, assessments, though, Casey. This is not a very original film. However, it was fun for the time because we were starting to hit on all those movies that James had mentioned in Scream. I Know What You Did Last Summer. Later on, My Bloody Valentine had a remake. There were some good things. Halloween H2O was was out around this time. I love that one. So (laughs) it is on the, I guess, the, the lower end of the spectrum as far as quality during this time, but at that time we were taking anything that they could throw at us. We didn't have great horror, um, great new horror. So Scream we were just kind of right there. We were kind of welcome. Yeah, I'm saying with this genre of teen screams, though, we didn't have much um, mm. b- before Scream, and then Scream kind of kicked it all off. So we took it, but in retrospect, you're probably right. And finally, I guess we should talk to the one who brought this shit sandwich to us, Rick. What are your final So I'm not going to say it's a 10 out of 10. I'm not going to say Good, it's the best movie ever. I would say I would give it a 6 out of 10, honestly. Um, I mean, for the time when it was made, like you guys have touched on, a lot of other movies were out or came out, um, and other movies followed in that vein. There was the movie Valentine in 2000. Uh, you know, I know what you did last summer. I still know what you did last summer. Um, you know, Scream. You know, so it's kind of in that weird period of scream came out now let's try to copy everything that scream did in a sense um i mean 
I agree with Billy. It's not original in a sense that, yeah, it copies all the urban legends. I like how it kind of tries to intertwine them within the story. Um, I would say the music's really good. I forgot to mention that. Um, the guy who did the music actually did the a score for The Dorm That Dripped Blood in 1982 and the original Hellraiser of 87. Oh. So um, I thought this the score wasn't wasn't bad, honestly. So, so you're but talking yeah, about the original I mean, score? Yes, yeah. So I don't know if you guys heard it, but there was a song playing during the party scene that I thought was going to be like responsible for a big resurgence of an old style of music. And that is the song uh, from the swing band Cherry Pop and Daddies. And the name of that song was Zoot Suit Riot. And I forgot all about that little 30 minute cup of coffee that Swing had in the limelight during the 1997, 1998 time frame. But that yep. album Big was Bad hot. Voodoo Daddy and. Yeah. Man, that was so good though. It kind of makes me want to add Zoot Suit Riot to my workout mix, you know? Well, guys, I guess we should go ahead and put a bow on this thing. Who's got the next pick though? Like, I, we don't we don't need to drop I think it it's right James. now. Is it James? Yeah, James, James you better have a good one for us. So if you want to catch James's pick, keep your eyes out on our social media. Uh, on Twitter, at Slasher Sports. On Facebook and Instagram and TikTok, at Slasher Sports Media. So if you would, go on to your favorite podcast apps, slash sites. <laughs> I said slash. And... Give us a rating, an honest rating. If you love the show, five is appreciated. If you hate it, if you must give us a one, give us a one. But that helps us with the algorithm. It gets more ears into our podcast. And as always, we do appreciate the listeners. Guys, we can't really, you know, can't really do it without listeners, can we? So for now, for the godfather of Droll James, for the Memphis Maniac Rick, and for Final Girl Casey, I am Billy Graves. And we will catch you in the gag room.